the words have gotten all distorted But what they meant to say was not reported Before the torches come to town, we gonna burn this for down We thought it might be fun to talk to the mayor of TCU He's a man who needs little introduction Mere initials would ID this guy Some call him GP, some call him Coach or Coach P we are lucky enough, Britain, to have Texas Christian University head coach Gary Patterson studio to talk some life. Thanks for being here. My coach, uh, first, I said, first question, coach, before I get to it is I got to tell you something about my partner, Britain. He's got a little uh, limited understanding of the game of football. He's probably been convinced by his buddies that the, of the legitimacy of the football bat. So keep that in mind, coach. We're going to go light on the football talk today, and we're going to go heavy on the things that you don't get to talk about very often. Hope that's okay. Oh, yeah, perfect. Well, thank you for being here, Coach. We're honored, we are honored yeah, to have thank you, you and appreciate your time. You know, most people don't think, you, you know, they think that's all coaches, that's all they know how to do. So it's it's always a lot more fun for me to talk about anything else as long as we're not going to talk politics. So. No, easy here, easy here. That's for later <laughs> we're trying on the to, show. Yeah, there's a thin firewall there. We're trying to separate the <laughs> Indeed. two. So, Coach, first question. Uh, last season was obviously an orthodox uh, experience for most people in this planet, in this country, in this city. How did you handle the season after it was over? Can you speak about the experience going through COVID and all that that entailed? Well, yeah, I, I would tell you that, um, you know, probably for at least talking for our student athletes, it's probably the most difficult thing that I think uh, I've seen in 40 years of college football kids ever had to go through. You had to test three times a week. Uh, you couldn't hang around your friends. You really didn't go to go over to class. Uh, you didn't play in front of really many fans. And so that's the fun part of it. So you're talking about we started practicing all the way lifting back in June. We came back as a group, and basically they went all the way till uh, almost Christmas time. And, right. uh, you know, you didn't uh, – and the same for coaches. I You know, I have grandkids, and I, th I seen them once in March right when COVID started to hit, and then I saw them uh, at Christmas. Oh, wow. uh, because you couldn't be around them because if you tested, you probably were going to miss three ball games. Uh, you were going to be out for, you know, X amount of days, especially if you were a close contact. Even if you do, it was worse at that time. Now the rules, the, the guidelines have kind of changed. But, uh, yeah, it was probably one of the more difficult seasons. You know, I felt some bad for guys like Trey Morig, which here's a guy that's going to go in the first round. And, and, you know, he deserved to be able to play in front of huge stadiums and, and the kind of player that he was and, and didn't get an opportunity to do that. But it really turned out to be a unbelievable season. Um, unbelievable season. Won five out of the last five, six. We were a young football team, only had eight seniors. And so, you know, with everything that went on, I get a chance to uh, fight back and really give us a lot of uh, energy going into this year. Right. I talked to you right before the bowl game got canceled. You told me how hard that was. I mean, I can't even imagine. Can you maybe walk us through how that went through with the guys and how, they, how you delivered the bomb? Well, it wasn't really the bomb. It, it, it was just, a, you know, um, it's really harder on, it, you know, Arkansas was going to go a day earlier than what we had. And, and we tested and we were already down guys. A couple guys opted out. And, you know, the rule in um, in the Big 12 is you can't go underneath the two deep D tackle position. And we had two guys test positive at 1030 night the night before. And we had to come in. We spent almost three hours trying to find a way to because you're talking about the health of your kids. And so if you're going to go in and of the three defensive tackles that were left, two of them are freshmen, neither one of them, two of them hadn't played more than 20 plays in a ball game. And so you're sitting there with that. And then we were down for a three defensive for a five defensive back system. Uh, we only had seven. We only had total of six six DBs, and of those, three of them were going to have to have surgery as soon as we would have got done with the bowl game. So they probably would not have played the full full game with uh, you know both Ardarius and Trey opting out, which it, 
you know, it's their, you, you got to be excited for them and doing the things you do. You would like to know it maybe by the 1st of December, not, not the Tuesday before the Tuesday or Wednesday before the Saturday that you were going to play and, and do the things you needed to do. But um, it really, it's, you know, it's, it all went well. You felt bad for the kids, but in some ways it was probably better for us because you know, you had one more ball game. You didn't get anybody else injured. Uh, you do the things you need to do, but it would, it would have been a great reward for those guys. But in some ways it's not like a new normal bowl game. You weren't going to be able to go down for four days and enjoy the city. Mm-hmm, Basically certainly. you're going to fly down the day before the game. Uh, you're going to have pregame meal, and and then you're going to go play the game and fly back. And so, um, you know, it's our guys got home a little bit earlier. Right. Flip, so, flipping the switch to Brenton's question now. Well, let me ask this first about that is that, um, you know, you, you talk about this lack of communication with the players, lack of seeing them. You got your uh, everybody's got this added stress to that, and you're the leader of this thing. I mean, how do you, how do you handle that? I mean, you've already got enough stress anyway. Well, we really didn't have lack of communication. Um, we were on Zoom calls all the time. You had, mm-hmm. you know, we were a little bit different. Our kids came in in June um, when we came back, and you know, we could, you know, you could see them. You know, the lack of communication was just with family or anybody that was outside the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but our kids, we saw, we were able to see all the time. You know, anybody that didn't test three times a week, you know, you all think, but it's that's it's like just another check mark on your daily routine for the week that you have to do, because you're talking about on Friday we're going to test uh, a rapid test and find out here you did the work all week and find out if mm. who was going to get on the bus or not sure, to be able sure. to go to the ball game. And so you might have planned a guy into the game plan, and he might test positive, and then now he that that part of that game plan. It's completely gone. Sure. And so it was different. Yeah. Well, it seems like you found maybe a little time to hunker down. Uh, We've got a little sample of something we want to talk about. We heard this song. Yeah. We don't know if you've heard this or not, Gary. It's really good. Have you had a chance (laughs) to listen to it? Uh, You know, when you listen to yourself, you don't don't ever think you sound well. But it was fun. Very solid lyrics, though. We were commenting just before the show. Yeah, who wrote that? Did you write that? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, well, J.T. Hodges, uh, kind of, which is a TC grad, kind of cleaned it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I flew privately because, you know, I couldn't go public. Uh, flew down to, it was, it was a bucket list thing. We weren't going to be able to go on vacation or do anything else, so that was kind of my getaway uh, three or four days. So I went down to a place called Leaper's Fork, which is a place called the Purple House, which is kind of named uh, TCU, oh, yeah. which is a guy uh, there by the name of Casey Wozner that has actually won a, a Grammy uh, being the engineer for other Kebmo. Sure. Uh, different other artists. Yeah. And so we went down and, and spent about three or four days, knocked it out, and then went back down again for a song called Game On that we did for uh, the season that uh, both ESPN Game Day and then Fox actually used uh, early in the season for their pregame stuff. And so it was, you know, I played in a band for, you know, a lot of years early in my life, and so – you know, the other thing about uh, not having spring ball and not being as I got my, I was able to get my voice back. So uh, yeah, was able to sing a little bit where you're not out there barking at people all the time. So you know? what was the inspiration? I mean, you can kind of see where we were with this time in all of our lives. But, you know, that take a step back, like explain that a little. Well, uh, JT and I were talking because he was going to come and be the entertainment for our foundation. OK. And when that canceled, so we're nice. So one day, you know, we need to write a song together. And so. This was on a Friday night. Well, on Sunday morning, I sent him a song called Lonesome Man's Waltz. He called me right back and said, this is unbelievable. I, I wrote it back when I was like in my early 30s. Mm-hmm. And he cleaned it up. And so he he actually recorded it. And um, and so, and I haven't released that one yet. And so I told him, I said, you know, with everything going on, I have this idea about take a step back. 
So one night, it was like on a Thursday or Friday night, I was recruiting, calling kids, and it was about 1130. So I just sat down, like a lot of times with songs, they just come real quick. And so I wrote it and did it on camera phone, which is how him and I kind of communicated. Sure. I sent it to him. And then we did it, and he kind of sent me back and actually took me from A up to A sharp, thought it sounded better with it a little bit higher, which is what you do. You know, the being in studio is so cool, you know, just because the way you do things, the way you break down the song and how and all the different parts of how you, you get it done. And so went down, and, you know, initially I thought he would probably be the person that sang, but when we did it, he thought that, that my voice actually sounded better on the song. Yeah. And so we did it and, uh, you know, really got a lot of shout outs from a lot of guys that are in the industry, you know, that are here in Texas, did their Texas country guys that heard it. So it, you know, when we had the idea to put it to a TCU, uh, you know, a little bit of highlights kind of to get people fired up. And so I think we had, I think in impressions, we had almost a little over 800,000 oh, wow. that. And so I think if you go to Spotify, my wife, we're not going to quit our day job though. Cause my wife, uh, she, for Christmas, she, uh, did a, she's, uh, took the picture off of Spotify and uh, she gave me my first royalty check and uh-huh. she took a, put it in there for it. It's a $9 and eight cents. Oh, so yes. yeah. So yeah, I'm, I think I'm in the hole. I'm you can buy hole. another pack of guitar strings. Yeah. With yeah, yeah. That yeah. Is maybe, yeah. maybe yeah. picks. Yeah. Yes. We yeah. could do picks, not necessarily uh, guitar well, the strings. The name of the song is take a step back and a perfect segue into the next question. Um, if you guys want to hear that song, you should listen. It's quite good. The lyrics are pretty powerful uh, lyrics. So great, great job on the song coach. Well, thank you. Uh, considering take a step back, we all, most people have a general understanding of what, how much stress, a head coach, especially if a premier division one program goes through. And I think I have the answer based on the song title, but uh, how does one manage that level of stress all the time and then find a way to have a, have a real life uh, on another side of things and maybe write songs or sing? How do you find the switch? Well, I tell you, that was one of the things I think the music did for me. It kind of, it kind of was my release uh, through what we went through, especially from about April through till we started with the kids coming back in June. You know, because, you know, we were going to play. We weren't going to play. Um, you're talking about if we didn't play, you're talking about losing millions of dollars in TV money. And so, you know, furloughing and people losing jobs. And so, you know, it's everything that was what people understand. Even, you know, even the city of, you know, hotel rooms, you know, restaurants, people come to the games, all the things that go along that go along with, um, you know, that time of the year. So, there was really a push and you know you have to give uh chancellor but chancellor a lot of credit right. victor because he you know he was really the head of the the presence and he kind of helped push you know say you know we should go do this because really uh the big 12 was the leader and really jeremiah you know and the ad's in the conference and the coaches and so um you know you you have you have a group but if you go look at some of these guys you can tell that it uh and, and they're starting to look better when i get a chance to see them on uh different calls uh, but you know it, it it took its toll on i think a little bit of everybody just because of the stress because you know we didn't know about what COVID was about so you're you're really worried about you know the kids health. now they're finding out that you know the younger generation it doesn't affect them as much maybe as what it does other others and so you know it's but you didn't know that at the time and then how do you protect all the all the people that actually the support groups that are older that actually you from your doctors your trainers your equipment people all of them right how do you protect all them to um to make sure that you get up every day so every day was you know it's it was it was a deal we probably took a little bit more time where we stayed away from the office you know i i took a little bit different approach a lot of people stayed away and you know we tried to come in and keep try to 
but we did it every day. We'd come with like an offense, so you had only small amounts by, you know, whatever the ordinance was here in town. Mm-hmm. So you had them in town so they could actually come up, and, and I think that helped their mental situation and being able to do things normally that they would not doing it from home all the different things all the time so you're around people and then we're around kids and so we had to do a lot more a lot more talking to our kids i think right entering spring ball do you feel like you've had a chance to maybe recharge at some level or do you feel like it we're still on that same even though we are with covid but we seem to be turning the corner maybe well it's been a lot better for our guys in, in some ways not in some ways evaluation of players it's harder because we haven't been able to get out. But as far as your coaches not having to be gone all of, all of December, all of January. That makes uh, sense. In, in recruiting. Um, I'm not – maybe you'd happen to be around me, you know, in the office now and you'd have all the stuff. But you're, we're around our own kids mm-hmm. in the offseason a lot more. Right. Um, now instead of being on the road recruiting. And, you know, we, we, start, we start up here uh, the 16th of March. We'll start spring ball. And normally by the 15th we'd be going back out recruiting in April – uh, right now they've moved that back to uh, May 31st. Um, you know, it's, and so, you know, you, you just have to have a different plan of how you want to do things. We do a lot more virtual tours of the campus on, on FaceTime and mm-hmm. different things with, with student athletes and their parents. You know, like anything else, like in business, uh, if it's not working, then you can't do something. You got to do something else. So uh, understood. we sure. continually keep, uh, keep uh, ratcheting it up. Sure. So you talked a little bit before we got started about kind of 10 years and 10 places, and clearly you got a love for the game, and, it, and and you have to to be in the position you're in. You still have that? And, I mean, what happens to that after you've you've done as much as you have and been where you are? Well, yeah, you know, it's going 40 years, you know, it's turning 61 here uh, this month. You know, I think probably I have the same energy I have. You know, you work smarter. You know, I need to you know, I keep doing a lot better job of uh, – of, you know, so one of the strengths is you. We've all been together a long time. The weakness is we've all been together a long time, and so <laughs> sounds really like one, my marriage. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's 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 you know it's we're I'm going through a uh, a program right now, a ten week program, just how to handle the new age, of what's going on, how to you know deal with uh, what what I call they would call in the box, out of the box, dealing when you have conversations with somebody like an object or as a person, mm-hmm. not meaning that you'd actually think it was an object, just you know you're not keeping their feeling you know it's because it's a lot of a lot more a uh, lot more uh, communication involved you know and in our business we've always been you, you have to have a lot of communication anyway but of how you approach it really red flags of putting up when you're you're not probably going down the right path to get the best results you want to which helps you at home also mm-hmm. you know as i say you say yes dear a lot mm-hmm. and how you do things but it's it's uh it's been a uh, it's been a learning experience i think that's one of the ways you why most a lot of them don't stay in the business coaching whatever for as long at one thing because you you have to have a foundation and a business plan that uh, works that you can handle every day mm-hmm. and do it for a long time you know coaches change about every three years and sure. this will be our 24th right and so how do you how do you make that work and and one of the things you have to do is you just have to be honest you have to be straightforward and so everybody knows where you stand and how you do things and uh, you know it's Really, even with kids, it's sometimes because you have to push kids, young people, to reach their goals. Um, it's not about being liked or disliked. It's really about being respected. Everybody wants to be liked, sure. you know, when you do it. But as a general rule, there's some that, um, you know, you can't you can't reach them unless you take them to a certain point, mm-hmm. and that way you can build them back up. And so, you know, for me, that's kind of. Yeah, it's, it's always interesting. The ones you have to change, the ones you didn't have changed much, they're back right away. The ones you had to, 
that you have to work on changing. It might take them five or six years before they come. They want to come back and do things just because, and that's okay. It's you know you get it, but at the end of the day, it's it still comes down to a saying we have forty not four. It's not yeah. really about from eighteen to twenty two. It's about from twenty two to sixty two. And so, how do you uh, help them get where they're going to get to? So, have you found that? I mean, the change of kids. You look at where you started in your career. You got technology now in their hands all the time. Have you found a change in those kids that that that's tougher? You have more of those kids that that take some five or six years to come back rather than that. Is it? Well, no, not necessarily. It's really it's it's still about the even. You just, um, you know, you just you know the the old say that your parents used to say to you, uh, "Do as I say, not as I do." That doesn't work because they, they get so much more information. Mm-hmm. So what you have to do when even teaching football, uh, you just have to give – they need a roadmap. <clears throat> and so, um, you know, we didn't really have – of the younger kids we had, we only had eight seniors, so we had a young team. Um, we had some guys go out in the portal, but a lot of it uh, had to do with, um, you know, you're not – we have some really good young players and, you know, you, you – you know, competition is tough sometimes Mm -hmm. and so it took us a while to grow up but i think um finding out more a little bit more about them i think the thing that people don't understand is that you know if you want to know why a young man or any any young adult reacts to something you got to look at his his history you know to come from two parent one parent no parent um what neighborhood how you do things and and so you understand where he's at then it's a a lot easier like any business you would do, you've got to do your research and find out sure. what yeah. really is important to them, right? Mm-hmm. And then, because as they say, you can't change behavior, you change mindset, right? So right. our whole thing is working on mindset. So coach, you're, uh, you know, we know you don't like talking about how much you do, um, but could you give us a just general brief statement about how, what kind of hours you put in during the season, during a, in a typical day for the season? What kind of, just so people understand what, what commitments you make for the team every day is the hours you work, we know are tremendous. Can you speak a little bit of that? Well, yeah, you know, it's, um, you know, for me, because I still like, the thing I like best is, is coaching. And so I still will stay involved in the defensive side. But really, we start Sunday morning about 9 o'clock. I end about 1. I get back up at 6. So you're going, I don't know what those numbers are, but you're probably spending uh, 19 hours a day until Thursday. Wow. And then I kind of catch up on my sleep. And, you know, and that takes a very strong lady at home to be able to understand that. That's why on Thursday night we have date night. Now, we didn't have it during the season uh, this year because of COVID and everything else. But, um, um, you know, it's – it's one of those things where you get it. And then really what I do is I don't have a hard time sleeping. So really I, I catch up on Thursday night and Friday night, even the night before the ball game. You know, it's always better to have a night game because then I can sleep. You know, we don't start anything till about 9 o'clock. Gotcha. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's what you do. You know, you're always trying to find a way, that one extra uh, play or thought that's going to make a difference in a ball game. And sometimes some of those best thoughts have come on Wednesday or Thursday after you kind of – step away for a second after you do get a couple of those hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Sure. So my podcast partner here talks very highly of you, uh, not when we're having you on here, but in all senses. And you think about, you know, what we touched on earlier in the impact that you've had on all these young guys and understanding them and where they are and meeting them where they are. Um, do you ever, do you, do you ever try to, you know, encompass that a little bit and just, is that too big to think about? I mean, you have an cr- incredible amount of young guys who've played for you especially over this tenure that's just amazing to think about how many lives you've touched of yeah i think it's somewhere between seven and eight hundred in 24 years here 
Um, you know, it's you, you, you have the goods and the bads. Like anything else, if you have that large a number, not everything's perfect. Um, but one of the things that, you know, I don't think they understand that's a, it's kind of a blessing uh, for them is that, you know, a lot of places they change coaches every three years. And so um, that next staff comes in. You don't really you don't have that other family network mm-hmm. to, you know, to be able to rely on or talk to or whatever uh, when coaches change. Because when they come in, as I tell people, when one of the things about uh, when you change jobs or whatever you do, if you do, you, you, you got to help yourself. You got to find a new house, get your kids in school. You got to, you know, get to know the players like for a coach. You got to know the boosters, everything you do for yourself to try to get things in place where. Um, when you stay somewhere, you can help, you can help others. Sure. And so like we do with our foundation and everything else we do. Um, and so I've found that over the years, our kids understand that, you know, you, like I was saying earlier, you've got after 24 years, you've got 45 year old guys that were seniors when we first started at TCU. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'm still helping job rec, you know, still using me as a reference of what kind of people they are when they get into business deals. Um, all those kind of things. People are always calling and using it. And, and you wouldn't have that. And that's one of the reasons, to be honest with you, um, that I've we've stayed at TCU. Sure. Uh, for the simple reason that, you know, you can move and you could, what quote people would think, a bigger, you know, I always call them the, the decal on the side of the helmet, you know, that mm-hmm. people choose sometimes. Uh, but TCU has become that. Um, and But the bigger part of what this cool thing about TCU is just the, the level of, uh, a family that you're able to have you know it's it's not everybody's kind of like my sisters didn't like me when i was you know i was the older one i was the older brother i'd seen they always thought i got away with things and they didn't get a chance to do anything it's not that hasn't changed in a football scenario either it's just all but it's really it's fun for me and probably the coolest part of my job is to see guys that get out in business uh, jw you know from all the groups that have gone through the years families kids mm-hmm. and then they come back you know and some haven't come back because well maybe they didn't finish their degree yet degree yet or their job's not what they think is quote it really doesn't matter to us um it's more about just getting a chance to see their face because that's the fun part because while they're here for four years our job is still to turn them into what they're supposed to turn into right yeah. it's because that's what we told their parents and we told them about football about getting a degree about all the things you do in life right and then the other the other years are the years that you get a chance to enjoy about when they come back and I can go from Coach Pete of just being Gary and sure doesn't that's, matter. That's the best part of this whole thing, Gary. Is most people don't even realize that they just see the wins and losses, but the the amount of men, young men you've impacted in their lives forever in, in a lot of cases is just tremendous. And that's something that we're taught. We'll ask you here, but at the end of this and in the show, but um, I want to change uh, gears. This is a pretty heavy question I wanted to ask you, but. Um, Besides the marriage to your wife, lovely, lovely wife Kelsey, and the birth of your children, what would you consider the best day of your life? Well, I don't know. I've had a lot of really good days. You know, I think if you if you talk football, I think probably standing on the field uh, at the Rose Bowl was was awfully pretty cool. Um, you know, but I think you know it's you watch every day when I get a chance. Really, at the end of the year when guys graduate, uh, especially guys that were told coming out of high school that. Uh, they probably wouldn't get a, they wouldn't get a degree. They wouldn't do they, and then they finish. You know, to see that smile. Some of the guys we've had that I think smiled bigger um, in those situations than they did because they knew they made their parents proud. You know, I think that's 
you know, I'm kind of like when football, I'm kind of like I'm at Christmas. I'm not really that big a person as far as getting things. I like giving a whole lot more than I like seeing everybody in the family get what they want. They're happier, do all the things you do. And it's the same thing with uh, with the sport. You know, it's most people in life have seen me for three hours. They know Gary Patterson because what they've seen on TV, they see nothing else. And so, you know, I'm a very intense dude. I think Nick Saban said, uh, had a quote the other day, passion is sometimes taken as aggressiveness by those that are, uh, that aren't, that, that don't want to reach their level of greatness. I mean, it's, you know, you just, right. I saw okay. that. Yeah. And so I think one of the things with me is, you know, it's, I'm all in and, you know, it's not, not everybody gets all in. And I'm fortunate because I have a wife that, you know, it's allowed me, as she says about myself and her dad she said, she's very lucky to be the two most important people in her life. Men in her life, both don't feel like they go to work. Mm. You know, because that's, you know, you don't feel like it's 19 hours a day. Now, as I've gotten older, uh, that 19 hours a day feels a little bit, that yeah. gets to me a little yeah. bit, that gets to me a little bit sooner by the end of the season yeah. than it did when I was in my 40s. But uh, it's well, been on, fun. Well, on that note, do you, how much more do you have in you, you, you know? Or, or do you even quantify that? You, don't you know, I, that you way. haven't really thought about it that way. You know, it's one of those things where it's, um, you know, I, it's one of the things, I, if I don't feel like I can help, you can get to TCU or I, I can be what I need to be. To help win ball games and do it, then it's then that's when you, you you get times where you don't. But I'll never be a guy that retires. I don't. And these guys that go like I've done my whole life, I think that's when you know you 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 struggle as you go from nineteen hours a day to what do I do? So I think I'll yeah. I'll uh, I'll retire into something else. What that is, I don't know yet. But it's it may be fishing or golf or uh, maybe maybe doing broadcasting or. You know, singing, being, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I'll always sing, um, but I, I'm not sure. Like I said about my royalty checks. Now we've gotten a few more since then. I think we have almost seventy thousand hits on the That's Spotify awesome. channel, which that is awesome. So, but it's, uh, you know, I think it'll be something that has to do with with kids. I've always asked myself. Oh, I always was a college football coach. What would I do? And I'd probably be in something in education, just so you can always be you can always be helping. Very so, cool to hear sure, that, Coach. Yeah, sure, sure. Go ahead, Jay Dunn. No, we were going to ask you. Uh, uh, this is kind of a silly question, but you know, every I know, I know you how you're going to answer this. I think, but the best player you ever coached. I know you have coached yeah, a lot. You cannot answer JW. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't have to say my name. <laughs> yeah. I get it, but um, it won't increase those Spotify royalty checks. I yeah, promise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, probably the best athlete was a guy by the name of Tommy Blake. I remember him. You know, it's, you had a guy like, you know, Doug Freeze start for the Cowboys, and we played him the bowl game at Northern Illinois. He had like four sacks against him. You know, he didn't end up, because uh, of different situations, ended up getting an opportunity to be able to do that. But obviously, you've got LT. You have some, you know, you've got some really, you know, the game in 40, in 24 years has changed the type of player, all of it. And so it's really hard to, um, to be able to, to judge okay. yep. the difference between a kid that played in 2000 or 1998 to a kid that plays in 2024 right right uh, to be honest i mean 2000 any years that we've gone on here in this 24 years we've been doing it so but we've had we've had a lot of good ones and i can tell you you know you can about tell you who the maybe the best at each position's been through all the years at tcu but that you know sure. i wouldn't say that out loud very often because then that's just going to be a That'd be a, a discussion. Right. I hear the discussion all the time. Well, the, between the 2014-2010 team or the two the you know whatever, right, uh, right. Be honest with you, it's 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 fun to watch watch guys come together 
and then be able to achieve something that they get a chance to remember the rest of their lives. I think that's, uh, I think that's pretty cool. So, so in, on that, you know, if you got, you know, percentages you can say that are just physical raw talent versus where they are emotionally and mentally, you know, and that you spoke about that a little. What do you think those measurements are with like two players like you just mentioned who are the, some of the best that you've ever coached? Well, they all have the same things in common. Um, all of them from LT to uh, Jason Verrett, all of them, no matter what amount of running or lifting we did, they always did more. You know, they had the one intangible. They always knew how to outwork people. Yeah, they were very talented, but they also know how to work outwork people. And I think when you find, whether it's a scholarship guy on our team or a guy that was a walk-on that part, it became very, it becomes very obvious whether they played football or not, if they were going to be successful in life mm-hmm. and what they were going to have to learn once they graduated from college, if they didn't learn from us or they didn't want to accept learning from us, uh, that they were going to have to learn so they could become successful. Because kind of like we say about the weight room and anything else, it's not that it makes you a great player, but it gives you you – don't, you don't have a chance if you don't do it. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have great work ethic, accountability, how to deal with people, all those kind of things. Because a guy by the name of Dick Bumpus once said – the coach first he's retired he said here's two things that you when you get a degree it means one it says you can set goals and achieve and one second one was you can get along with people because you know probably 75 percent of everybody gets a job in something else besides what they graduated in mm-hmm. and so um and there, there's people that are specific about what they do but you know it still comes down the ones that i've found are successful are the ones that can relate to people know how to work hard be accountable say equity be able to do what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and so, you know, it's hard sometimes cause you've got to, especially with people you like and your family or whatever, uh, be able to say, you know, be able to tell them things that they don't want to necessarily, they want to hear. And that's one of the, you know, that's one of the harder parts of the job that everybody thinks you want to be the head coach as an assistant coach. It was a lot easier cause if Big I didn't, cop, right? if I didn't want, yeah, if I didn't mm-hmm. want to say that, then you can leave it the head coach. Well, when you're the head coach, you don't, you don't get that choice. Sure. But you know, I, over the years, I think we've found, I'm, Find, finding better ways uh, to try to relate to all that. Um, still, it still comes down to you still have to have you still have to have the difficult conversations sometimes, which what they don't realize is nobody wants to have that conversation. Not with your wife, not with your kids, not with my players. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody. You don't you know, your business partner. Nobody wants to have that conversation. But if you want to move forward in life, uh, you got to do it. So sure. So Brent and I speak about this quite a bit because we feel strongly about this, but it's our opinion that uh, morally mine, because Brenton still believes in the in the football bat concept. But <laughs> we, I think, uh, racial equality. Nothing teaches racial equality and the true value of teamwork better than sports does uh, for young people, especially. Do you have any thoughts on how our country, our state, our city can can solve for this division between the, in the racial division that still haunts us to this day? Because obviously, on a team. Um, my experience, uh, other people that play sports, uh, you, you play along with a guy that doesn't look like you and you get along and you do what you do and you don't see a person for what they look like more as what they bring to the table. And you obviously teach these young kids at TCU this, this life lesson that I was lucky enough to learn from a guy just like you. you well, yeah, th- I think you're, you know, it's, I've never, as, as a coach, as a player, I mean, it's, you spent your whole life as a group and I think you don't, you don't see anything different. Right. I think that's always the way uh, we've always been, uh, and and I'll always be. I think it's it's. Uh, I think coaches, players, all of us. You know, we we're we're 
fortunate to be able to be in, in a situation where we can be like that. Right. It's sad that, you know, we're not farther along than where we need to be, but you know, we've made, we've made strides and we need to keep, we need to keep working on it. We need to keep listening. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing that everybody needs to understand is you need to just keep listening so we can find out. And so we can, we can come up with those answers and, and do a better job of it. So that's good, great. Good answer yeah. for sure. Yeah. Last question, Brenton. You, um, uh, yeah. So, um, I kind of touched on this before, but what do you want your legacy to be? I mean, that's kind of a hard question. You know, you don't seem to be the guy that's going to bring out a list and say exactly what you want, but what do you think? I'm still trying to win a national championship. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't you know. It's kind of like that statue up there. I didn't ask for it. You know, the guy wanted to do it. He was, uh, you know, sick. And so it was one of his things he wanted to see before he passed away. And so we did it, but, uh, people don't understand the pressure of doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my biggest thing is is to keep moving forward. You know, you've got to learn from looking back, but I think the biggest thing is, you know, still about winning a Big 12 championship, winning a national championship. You know, even two out of the last seven years, 14 and 17, you know, really probably uh, a lot of people think probably got cheated out of getting a chance to play in the playoffs. And 17, we're playing for the Big 12 title. And so the last couple of years, we haven't been where we wanted to get, get back really two bowl games, 18, and then this year we didn't go because of of reasons, but the record was there. And and so getting back on track, winning ball games and, and going forward, and, and still the the underneath things are still all still there, still graduating guys, still helping to grow up, still I think you can't you, you can't just have that one that one goal or you're always disappointed. It's, and, you know, I was always as an assistant coach, I was never a guy that was unhappy. You know, some people, no matter they get a job, they're already looking for the next job, mm-hmm. and they're never happy with what they have. And I was always, when I became an assistant, I just tried to be a, a great assistant. Not that you didn't still have aspirations, but it didn't it didn't ruin my day. And then when I got a chance to be a coordinator, try to be the best coordinator, and then you know, but someday, like everybody, you you, you want to get a chance to be maybe a head coach, and then, but it doesn't ruin your day, and so. Then I got an opportunity to do that. One of the harder decisions I ever made back in JW's day is just, you know, Coach Fran, when they graduated, when these guys were done playing, um, he was going to Alabama as the, as the head coach and the opportunity to go to there as the defensive coordinator. And that would have been a, the easier decision um, because we lost 29 seniors, 10 went to the NFL. You have a Hall of Famer LT, Aaron Schobel. I mean, you had all these players that went on. Um, but you know, get an opportunity to stay somewhere, and because I don't, as as you said earlier, and we talked about it, you know, all the moving, you know, your everybody talks about the grass is greener, but I've always said, well, you got to water your own grass. Yeah. And so for me, it's get an opportunity because any coach that I ever talked to, that has ever worked at TCU, all every one of them would just would come back, not just on our staff, but anybody else before, just because of the city, mm-hmm. uh, the people. And everything that went along with uh, with Fort Worth and TCU, and so for me, getting the opportunity to be able to do that, you know, a guy once told me a long time ago. He said, "What you want to do is get a point in your life when you say no more than than you say yes," uh, for the simple reason of of understanding you know where you're at. You don't need all that. Some when you're younger, you got to say yes, like you said, you know, at 10, 10 universities in uh, fifteen years, yeah. and now you know we're going on another twenty, you know, twenty four years and of uh being at one place and so you know it takes a lot out of you 
to move and to do all those kind of things. Um, and fortunately for us, we've had all the all the mixture of things from recruiting base to uh, when we've needed something, our, our booster, everybody that has helped us build it from our stadiums to our facilities inside, the weight room, training room equipment, all the things that we've been able to do. And the university's grown because that's all happened. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think one of the things that people, they, they don't realize is what their effect, their movement, or whatever they did, their decision. You know, it's kind of like Scrooge, you know, the movie. You know, you see, well, if he would have, when he goes back in life and if he just changed a couple decisions, how much better he made people's lives. Yeah. And I, you know, I kind of think about it. that's kind of kind of the way I've looked at it. You know, it's we're around here for somebody. If, if I wouldn't have been here, or somebody that didn't know student when he was when he turned thirty and he needed help talking about something or he needed a job recommendation, that we were still here. Yeah. And I think you know everybody sees the football side of it, uh, but there's such a bigger side of there's such a bigger side of being you know somebody that was kind of a staple of trying to make a difference. And and that's the other thing about you know, we've really tried to do with our foundation now that's turned into the big good with Leon Bridges, which is a TCU, is a Fort Worth native and, you know, part of what we do. And, and Chris Harrison, it's it's a it's a, one of those things to be able to grow it, understand what we can do from the educational part to, uh, you know, we fed over 100,000 people here at Thanksgiving mm. uh, with the help of partners, uh, the Fort Worth, you know, the Tarrant County Food Bank, the North Texas Food Bank. And be able to do things, and that's just going to keep growing. I think, and if you if you move, like I said earlier, you can't you can't do all that kind of stuff. You have to uh, you have to be able to just take care of yourself. Uh, but when you and sometimes, you know, it's the it's the adult thing that you you know everybody hates making that adult decision. There's a lot of things you love to do, uh, but there's some things you just you have to do differently because it's good, it's the best for everybody. And so. Um, that's what we've tried to get accomplished, Kelsey and I have, and, and the staff, and and uh, it's been fun. You know, we haven't had a lot of turnover. I've got like nine or ten former players or GAs that started with us. Got a couple coaches that have been with me longer than, than I've been at TCU, 25, 26 years. And so it's, um, you know, it's very not very often that a, as assistant coaches grow up where their kids can actually start in kindergarten and actually uh, go the, all the way through their schooling in one place. Yeah, so it it sounds a lot like you don't really need to leave a legacy because you already got one living. So, so Gary, we we really appreciate the time today. Uh, there's a lot of talking heads out there that say some pretty terrible stuff. I know you don't don't listen to it as you shouldn't. Uh, those people that know you sitting in this room and lots of people in this city are appreciative of what you've done for the city. You're you're a great coach. Uh, you're even a better person. That's the best part about you, Thanks. Gary. You do some really good things. The Gary Patterson Foundation, we want to make a shout out to those to that foundation. Obviously, you're sitting here today. It's a great foundation. You do some really good things. I wish you well with Leon Bridges. He's a heck of a guy. Um, he's a great singer, and he's a great, no he's doubt. A great young man. I tell no you, doubt. it's been fun. Well, thank you for all you've done for the city. Uh, wins or losses, you, you do a good job for a lot of men, a lot of young men, and that can never be overlooked because those guys – people like me that that can't thank you enough so we're appreciative of you being here sharing some of your times so we could we could waste a little bit of yours but thanks again coach we'll see you